Mental health and learning disorders don't discriminate. 17 million children and adolescents in the United States live with disorders like anxiety, depression, ADHD, and dyslexia. Less than half get the help they need to thrive. Help the Child Mind Institute change these children's lives. Visit childmind.org. This show will begin now. Hi, everyone. I'm Ed Wright, and welcome to Big Spend Little Cash Podcast. This podcast shares information about credit, credit improvement, and all the other tips, products, and services that will help you reach your financial goal. New episodes every Monday morning at 8 a.m. And the Big Spend Little Cash Podcast can currently be found on many of your podcast providers, such as Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more to come soon. And on this episode of Big Spin Little Cash Podcast, we're going to talk about those who are either unbanked or underbanked. This is something that many of Americans have never heard of. But are you unbanked? Are you underbanked? If you don't know, Let's find out. I remember growing up in a little small town here in Louisiana, this small town called Dale High, Dale High, Louisiana. A little small town where everybody knew everybody. And a little small quiet town where wasn't too much going on but I remember my dad my dad was one of those who really didn't believe in the banking system didn't understand the banking system and so therefore he did not put his money in the bank he didn't have a a bank account and I remember how my dad used to keep his money on him Um, he would have those metal cigarette cases several of them stuffed full of money and I'm not talking about one dollar bills five dollar bills and even back then you even had two dollar bills I I think you can probably still get some two dollar bills but you have to go to the bank and ask for some but back then we actually did have two dollar bills a matter of fact he gave me a two dollar bill when I was a little boy and I still got it I still got his I got it I got it in a picture frame right now but he used to keep his money in these cigarette cases, these metal cigarette cases, some of them he will have uh, either in a drawer or under a mattress somewhere. And one of the cigarette cases he will always keep with him. Again, stuffed full of money, not ones, not $2 bills or $5 bills. I'm talking about 10s, 20, 50s, and $100 bills stuffed full of them. And his wallet was so full of bills, dollar bills, that his wallet, it just wouldn't fold. I remember he would take his wallet out and sit it on the dresser and it would just flop wide open because it was so full of dollar bills, tens, twenties, fifties, and hundreds that the wallet would not stay closed. And also he would have paychecks that he would hold and would not cash them. And I can understand why he didn't cash them because he had so much cash money 
on him that there was no need to cash the checks. And my dad, he drove trucks. He drove 18 wheelers. And he got his start driving trucks when he worked for the construction company that built I-20 through the state of Louisiana. And he started driving trucks for them. And sometime over the years, he went to hauling logs. He drove a log truck. And hauling logs or logging was one of the biggest industries here in a certain part of the state of Louisiana, especially back then. It still is today, but even more so back then. And he would have several checks in his wallet that he did not cash. And he would hold those checks for so long that coming up towards the end of the year, the logging company will have to tell him to go and cash those checks so that they can take those checks off of their books so that they can write them off the books. And so then he would go and, 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 and cash the checks. And like all the other money that he had, he would put it either in one of the cigarette cases that he had stashed some stashed somewhere or in his wallet that was already full of bills. And he kept a pocket full of change. I have never seen anyone who would keep a pocket full of change in their, in their front pocket. And my dad, he would always wear those khaki pants. And you know, those khaki pants, just like they are now, you know, they was kind of like a, a casual, thin material type pants. And that front pocket would just be jingling. He will walk and you can hear the change jingling in his pocket. He didn't put his money in the bank. Didn't understand the banking system. Kept the money on him or stashed away somewhere in the house. Well, there came a time when he uh, retired from driving trucks. And by then, the Social Security Administration, um, they started sending the money through direct deposit. They didn't send the paper check anymore. And so now he was pretty much forced to go and, and open a bank account. He really didn't agree with it, didn't want to do it, but in order to get his Social Security check, or as those people back then would call old age retirement, he had to open that bank account. Well, each month, each month when the Social Security Administration would directly deposit the money into his bank account, then shortly after, he would go and withdraw all of that money out of the bank. He did not want his money sitting in the bank. Never knew why, he never told why, but he never kept any money in the bank. Now, my dad, along with a lot of other people, are considered to be either unbanked or underbanked. Who are the unbanked? The unbanked are people who do not use mainstream financial services, such as checking and savings accounts, and primarily conduct transactions in cash when using alternative financial services like payday lendings and check cashings. They must rely on alternative financial product services such as payday loans, check cashing services, money orders, and pawn shop loans in order to take care of their, their financial needs. Now, there are over 5,000 banks and over 5,000 credit unions scattered all across this country 
But however, plenty of Americans never step inside of these branches, nor do they download the app or deposit their money into these accounts. Now, it was estimated in 2019 that one in every five household here in the United States did not have a checking or savings account at a bank or a credit union. Now, this represents approximately 71.1 million households or a total of 18 million American adults who do not have access to the financial products that is offered to them by a traditional bank. These are the unbanked. Now, those who are underbanked are those who have some type of bank account, whether it's a, at a traditional bank or a credit union, but they too rely on alternative services such as payday loans, check cashing, pawn shops, and things of that nature. Now, 53 million Americans are underbanked. 18 million Americans are unbanked. Now, this adds up to 71 million people who have no account with a bank or credit union or have an account with a bank or credit union but still use payday loans, check cashing services, and use money orders. And I can relate to uh, being unbanked and being underbanked because when I was younger, I, I really didn't understand the banking system. The first time I opened up a bank account was shortly after I had gotten out of high school and I had a job at the uh, local grocery store and I was a bag boy. And I opened up a bank account, and back then we did not have the debit cards like we do today. It was either going to be a checking account with your checkbook, and whenever you wanted to pay for something, you had to uh, write a check for it. Or you would go to the bank and you would write a check to get the cash money. So I opened up the bank account, and I really didn't understand how the banking system worked. Now, despite my dad did not believe in putting his money in the bank, my mom, she did. And over the years, with me growing up, I, I saw how she uh, conducted her, her financial business, but I really didn't pay too much attention. I just knew that she paid the bills, the mortgage was paid, the utilities was paid, and that was it. Uh, she, too, had her bank account without the debit card. And every time that she would go to the grocery store or the drugstore or wherever, she would either have to write a check there or go to the bank to write the check to get the money out. And so when I got my bank account, I really did not understand the banking system, how it worked. I, I had some idea, but I wrote the checks and really had to have a few bounced checks to really catch a grasp of how the banking system worked and I, I have to I have to tell you that those those bank fees got pretty expensive and there are still a lot of people today who who are overdrawn quite a bit and shell out a lot of money in these overdraft fees so as the years went by I began to pay more and more attention to how banking is done and eventually I, I got the debit card got the debit card and that made it a little bit easier but still, I had to be cautious and careful of how I, I spent my money. 
And I remember back in the day before the apps came out to your bank accounts and your credit uh, union accounts that you would have to call this number, your local bank, bank branch number to get a list of your transaction that have cleared in the bank. As opposed to now where you can pretty much go on your bank's app and you can look at all of that or go into your uh, your bank's website and look at all that and you can compare your transactions for those of you who may still write down each and every single transaction that you make. And I'll tell you what, that was a daunting thing too because every time you wrote a check, you would have to write it down. And at the end of the week or at the end of the month, you're trying to balance that that checkbook and if you missed a transaction, then you would throw your whole, your whole figures off. And there were several times when I did that too, missed a transaction, tried to stay dedicated to keeping up with my transaction that I, that I made. But sometimes, you know, it, it just really wasn't, wasn't too uh, easy to just write down, especially when you're in the grocery store and you write that check or you're in the convenience store and you write that check for whatever it was that you bought and you got a line of people and you're trying to write the check and then you're going to try to write down the transaction. But just as soon, because as soon as I get out to do, I'm going to forget to put that transaction down. And so now I got a transaction that's not in my, in my check registry. But over the years, this has become a whole lot easier to track down your, 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 your transactions that you made um, with your account. But there are 71 million people here in the United States that do not have a bank account with a bank or a credit union, or they have one, but they still rely on the payday loans, the check cashing services and the money orders and a different alternative way of banking to take care of their financial needs. Now, those who are more likely here in the United States to be unbanked or underbanked are going to be your black Americans Hispanic American households. They are five times more likely to be unbanked as compared to white households. And also another strong indicator of unbanked people is your income level. On average, 19% of households with a family income of less than $30,000 per year are unbanked compared to just 2.4% of households who make more than $30,000 annually. So the annual income that a family make can definitely be a, a deciding factor of whether or not a family or even a person is banked or unbanked. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at why people are unbanked. We'll be back. Okay, Katie, let's finish getting you packed for camp. Shorts, t-shirts. Check. Sunscreen. Swimsuit. Check. Okay, you're all set. Not quite, Mom. What about my asthma puffers? Remember what happened last year? That's right. You missed a big canoe trip. And the rock climbing. Right. Asthma puffers. Check. And all done. Don't let uncontrolled asthma spoil your child's summer fun. For information about managing asthma, call the Ontario Lung Association at 1-888-344-LUNG. 
because when you can't breathe, nothing else matters. First, I had a persistent cough and wheezing. Now, I'm always short of breath. My wife thinks it's asthma, but I'm 50. Asthma's something kids get, isn't it? Actually, asthma can develop at any age. Hello, I'm Dr. Anna Day for the Ontario Lung Association. If you cough, wheeze, or feel short of breath, ask your doctor about spirometry, a simple breathing test that tells us if you might have asthma. For more information, call 1-888-344-LUNG. Because, because when, when you, you can't, can't breathe, breathe nothing, nothing else matters. I just ordered six bunches of tulips from Lindsay and Accounting. Lindsay's a Tulip Day volunteer for the Ontario Lung Association. She takes our orders, and the flowers arrive in a few weeks. This office is going to look like a spring garden. Tulips everywhere. The best part is, we're helping the 2.5 million Ontarians living with lung disease. That's what I call flower power. Tulip Day is a great way to support people in our community who have trouble breathing. Visit tulipday.ca to find out how you can become a workplace champion. Because, because when, when you can't, can't breathe, breathe, nothing else matters. matters. You're now tuned in to Big Spend Little Cash with Ed Wright. And here's your host. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Big Spend Little Cash. And here on this episode, I have just told you that there for a while I was unbanked or underbanked because there were times when I fell into these categories. Uh, different times, different stages of my life. Uh, when I was younger, working at the grocery store as a bag boy, I had the bank account, but I really didn't fully uh, understand it. And as the years went by, I began to understand a little bit more about the banking system and how the banks worked. But then there were some times when I had the overdraft fees and my my bank account was closed for different reasons. And during those times, I had to also rely on getting my check cashed at the check cashing places. And there have been times when I have had the payday loans and, and, and it just really proved to be a little bit more uh, big of a hassle and especially a lot more expensive than just having a bank account. But people have different reasons why they do not have a bank account. Okay. They're, they're, they're not like me who were careless with my, my banking practices, but there are some people who have reasons why that they do not have a bank account. And one of the reasons why people do not have a bank account is because they feel like that the financial services that banks offer are too expensive. Now, I understand that when you go to the alternative services, such as the payday loans, it, it costs more over time. But the financial institutions, the, the traditional banks, they, they have fees. They have minimal deposit requirements and other upfront costs that sometimes can prove to be a little bit too steep for people of low income because they don't have the money at the time. A lot of people feel like that they just simply do not have enough money to have a bank account. Because unlike, unlike the check cashing places, the banks are not as transparent as the check cashing place. You walk into a check cashing place and they have the fees on what looked like a billboard stuck right there on the, on the wall in front so everybody would see exactly how much they're going to be charged for uh, cashing a check, for transferring money, for uh, uh, the different services that they provide, how, how much the, the money orders will cost. They, they have a fee 
uh, from a certain amount to another certain amount. They have it also broken down into into brackets of how much your checks are going to be or how big your money order is going to be. Because I remember going to the check cashing places here um, in, in the city that I live in here in Louisiana, Monroe, Louisiana. And um, when I was underbanked and even unbanked, going to the check cashing places to check, to cash my check. And it was always anywhere from 5% to 10%. And that could be a chunk of change depending on how much your, your check is. Back when we got that first stimulus check, and I think that first stimulus check was at least $1,400, that there were a lot of people who were unbanked, could not cash their checks at a traditional bank simply because they did not have a bank account at these banks. And so they had to rely on the check cashing places. Now, the people who had their bank accounts on file with the IRS, they, they uh, got their money deposited in their bank accounts and they, they got it for free. But for everybody else who got that paper check in the mail, now they have to find somewhere to cash those checks. They can't go to uh, a traditional bank because for the most part, the traditional banks will not allow you to cash a check if you don't have a, a bank account there. But those that do, it's going to charge you a hefty fee for cashing the checks without a bank account there. And so those who got that, that money, that stimulus check, had to pay hefty fees to go to the check cashing place where it would be easier to cash these checks. And that first round of stimulus checks, according to studies, that the American people paid a total of $66 million dollars in fees to cash these checks. $66 million is what we as American people who received that first stimulus check paid at these check cashing places. Some people think that they, they just simply don't have enough money to have a bank account because of the different fees and the requirements, the minimum balance. Let's just say for instance, the monthly maintenance fee at Bank of America for an Advantage Plus checking account is $12 per month. $12 per month, but you can have that waived if you deposit at least $250 per month or maintain a daily minimum balance of $1,500 or more. Now, $1,500 or more per day minimum balance is going to be pretty tough for your low income people to keep in a bank account. When for the most part that at least $250 per month requirement, they may meet that, but that's going to be it. And if they don't have that $1,500 daily minimum balance, they're going to get charged at $12 per month for the maintenance fee. Another reason why people uh, choose not to go to a traditional bank and go to your, uh, or your check cash in place and use alternative means of, of banking is that some people don't have a, a valid ID. They don't have a valid ID. And each and every single time, for the most part, some of us don't have to, but 
for the majority of the time that every time you go to your bank, you have to show your ID. Now, I, I have two different bank accounts. And at one of the banks that I deal with, I can go to the drive through and the people know me well enough there now where I don't have to show my ID. But there's another bank account that I have that each and every single time I go there, especially if I'm withdrawing money, I mean, they see me there on a regular basis. I'm depositing money. I'm withdrawing money. I'm, 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 I'm dealing with them on a regular basis. And it seems like as often as I either go in or as often as I pull up to the drive-thru, that they should know me by now. But each and every single time, especially when I'm withdrawing money, they want to see my ID. And typically when you go into the check cashing places, once you show that ID the first time, then you don't have to show it again. They got it on file. They'll take a, a, a scan of it. They got it on computer now. They got it on file now. So if there's some reason why you don't have that valid ID, they do know who you are. And for the most part, the low-income working people, they go into these check cashing places now to where the people working there will get to know them personally. Another reason why is because people, some people live entirely too far from a bank branch. And these are going to be the people who are living in a, a, a small country area where there is no bank branch there. And they will have to drive miles in order to, to, to get to the bank. Or those who are living in, in the city, they live several blocks way outside of walking distance to get to a bank branch. So now between them and the nearest bank branch, you got several check cashing places. Some people just simply live way too far. And why is that? That is because most banks refuse to put a branch in your lower income neighborhoods. But the check cashing places and the pawn shops and the, and the places like that that offer alternative banking uh, products and services, they litter the streets. They litter the neighborhoods with their with their branches, with their buildings. And these are the places where the low-income families, the low-income workers will have to go to cash their checks. Another reason why is because some people may be flagged by the checks system. The checks system is something that I haven't really heard of in a long time now. But the check system is a system that collects information about your financial activities. Instead of collecting information about your credit history, the check system collects information about your checking account history. Now, some of the things that the check system will, will collect about you is your uh, identifying information, such as your name, your social security number, and your address, whether it's your current address or past address. It has information about unpaid negative balances to a previous bank, such as overdraft fees, uh, accounts that was closed involuntarily. They have information uh, about you if you were suspected for fraudulent activities. They have information concerning account inquiries or applications from other bank accounts information about unpaid fees, public records. They have a lot of information about you 
and your financial activities in your financial business. And some people, another reason why, is that some people just simply don't trust the banks because there's no transparency when it comes to the traditional banks. The traditional banks have hidden fees and unexpected fees, whereas the check cashing places have all their fees stuck up right there on the wall. Because there have been times when I'm pretty sure that most of us have wondered, why am I being charged for, for this fee? Why am I being charged for that fee? Just all of a sudden, when you're checking your, your account balances, all of these fees just somehow simply just, just come up out of nowhere. Now, this is the thing that the banks will say is that the banks will say that all these things were disclosed to you when you went and you opened up your checking account or your savings account. But when you're filling out all of those papers, I mean, you have what seemed like 50 to 70 papers that you have to go through and sign. And all of this stuff is in very, very small writing. And who really takes time to really read all of that? I have never taken the time to read any of the things that I signed when I opened the checking accounts and the savings accounts during my adult life. But because that the banks are not as transparent, this causes people to stay away. Another reason why is because uh, people really don't trust the bank with their personal information. Uh, when you when you're opening up a checking or a savings account, you have to give them some some pretty detailed information: your name, your social security number, your address. Some places will even want to know how much money do you make and how much money can they expect that you will be depositing in these accounts. And so, to keep their lives private, some people stay away from the traditional banks. And they turn to the more expensive alternative way of banking. And to some, it's a whole lot easier and quicker to get their money at a check cashing place rather than a traditional bank. Because when you go and deposit your, your money, when you go and deposit your money, for those who don't have direct deposit, you will have to go down there to the bank stand in line, fill out the deposit slip, and deposit your money. And for some places, it really depends on what time of day you deposited your money before you are able to get that money out of your account. And I, I, think, that, I think that this has changed over the years, but I remember in just about every bank that I was dealing with that any transactions made before 2 o'clock, went on that day's transaction, but it will be at the end of the business day. If it was after two o'clock, well, you will have to wait until the next business day. So if I got my check on a Friday, on a Friday, got off of work at five o'clock. Now the bank's closes at six on, on, on Fridays. And I got my check when I got off work at five o'clock and I run to the bank to deposit my money before six, before it closed, I won't get my paycheck until Monday. So I would have to go all weekend before I would even be able to get the money that I worked all week for. But that was back then. 
But I have noticed here that over the past few years that the way banking is now is that when you do a transaction, it's credited or debited immediately. Now you're able to deposit money at the drive-thru, drive right around to the drive-thru at the uh, ATM machine, and you're able to withdraw some money from your account. So things have gotten a little better where that is concerned. But people find it a little bit easier and quicker to get their money at the check cashing place. So they would prefer to spend the high fees that these check cashing place will charge them so that they will be able to get their money right then and right now. And so now when we come back, we're going to take a look at, well, just how much are we paying in all of these fees? How much, how much are we paying when it comes down to cashing our checks? We'll be right back. Eating well? Check. Staying active? Check. Screening for colon cancer? In Manitoba, colon cancer is the second leading cause of cancer deaths. In its early stages, it has no warning signs and you feel fine. If you're over 50, add colon cancer screening to your health checklist. To receive a home screening test in the mail, call Colon Check at 1-855-95-CHECK. Visit getcheckedmanitoba.ca or talk to your doctor. You're listening to Big Spend Little Cash with Ed Wright. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Big Spend Little Cash. And here on this episode, we've been talking about the difference between being unbanked and underbanked. And we found out that being unbanked are those who do not have a checking or savings account with a traditional bank. The underbanked are those who do have that checking account or the savings account, but they still rely on alternative means of banking, such as check cashing places and places where they can go and buy the money orders. Now using these alternative ways of banking can get pretty expensive because these check cashing places, they do, they do charge a, a, a hefty amount of fees. And it seems like the bigger your check is, the more money you're going to have to shell out to get that check cashed. The money orders, depending on how much the money orders are, can, can be pretty expensive. And I think we even talked about how that first round of stimulus check how the American people pay $66 million for those who were unbanked or underbanked to go and cash these checks because they could not cash these stimulus checks at a traditional bank. So now, how much do we pay? How, how much do you think that me, myself, if I was an underbanked or unbanked during my adulthood, how much do you think that I would pay in fees and transactions at these alternatives, you would be amazed at how much these fees will cost over the lifespan of your adult years. Listen to this. In New York, check cashing stores can charge 1.95% to cash a check, but the estimated national average is more than 4%, and all those fees add up. A study from the Brookings Institution shows that over a lifetime, relying on check cashers instead of a low-cost checking account could potentially add up to more than $40,000 for a low-income worker. 
over $40,000. Now, I know what you're saying, that if you have a bank account and be responsible for that bank account, then typically you wouldn't pay that much. But once again, there are a lot of people who just have a problem with traditional banks and not having a, not having a checking account. And I, 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 I agree with you, not having a checking account can create some, some barriers such as, well, $40,000 over the lifespan of your adult years, you would pay a lot less than that if you chose the right type of bank account. And I think now that you do have some, some free checking account at certain banks. Um, and some of these banks do not have that minimum requirement that you have to have a certain amount. Some still do. A lot of them still do, but there are a lot of different alternative banking uh, products out there outside of check cashing places. The sales of prepaid debit cards are skyrocketing because now the unbanked and the underbanked now are seeing that if they have a debit card, that they can get their paychecks directly deposited to these debit cards. And for the most part, these debit cards will have their money two to three days earlier than on payday. But the sale of the debit cards have gone up over the years and it, and it has given the unbanked a lot more freedom than they had when they was going to these check cashing places and it is definitely a lot less expensive. But even with your prepaid debit card, there are some fees. And also some of them would charge you a fee for each time you use the debit card. So it seems like that no matter where you go or what you use, there are going to be some fees involved in your banking transaction, whether it's going to be at a traditional bank, whether it's going to be at the alternative way of banking, even some of your, 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 your more, more convenient alternative banking, such as your prepaid debit card. But if we take $40,000 per the lifespan, adult lifespan of the American citizens, $40,000 for each and every single one of us, we can see how that can add up to millions, possibly hundreds of millions of dollars that we as the American people pay each and every single year in fees for the transactions at these alternative banking places. I want to thank you for joining me here on the Big Spend Little Cash. And for those of you who are unbanked or underbanked, let me tell you, we feel your struggle. We understand how it is to be in the low income bracket and you're trying to take care of yourself, you're trying to provide for your family, and sometimes going to a traditional bank seems to be a little bit far-fetched, a little bit harder. But let me tell you that things have definitely changed a whole lot over the years. Now, you don't have the high fees like you did before. You're gonna pay fees no matter where you go, but at least if you go to a traditional bank, your fees won't be nearly as much as what you're paying at the check cashing places and the payday loan places and, and, and the pawn shop that would give you that small loan. Um, we now have ways to uh, check our bank account with the, with the apps. Just about each and every single bank now have 
an app that goes along with your account so that you can check your bank account so that you can check your transactions and you can keep up with the money that you have in your bank. So ladies and gentlemen, always remember that an 800 point credit score is worth more than a million dollars in the bank. And remember each and every single Monday morning at 8 a.m., a new episode of Big Spend Little Cash podcast will come out. And until we meet each other again, goodbye.